this morning and if you're at home and you're looking in on us via the internet, thank you for joining us. You two are very, very welcome. I also want to welcome to our pulpit this morning the Reverend Alvin Little. He's no stranger to Ballycrocken. He and Linda have been worshipping with us now for quite some time. But Alvin, it's great to see you up in the pulpit. Thank, thank you, you so much for leading our service this morning. And I can add that during the Reverend Shaw's holiday break, Alvin is taking responsibility for the congregation. So once again, Alvin, thank you for that. As for the Reverend Shaw and his holiday break, he went on holiday on Friday, the 17th of August, and he returns from holiday on Saturday, the 9th of September, taking up his duties again on Sunday, the 10th of September. So if in this period you require the services of a minister, please contact any elder, or in fact, if you have Alvin's contact, contact him directly. But if not, contact any elder, please, and we will see that Alvin's contacted. Now, the church office is also closed. You will have discovered this morning that there was no order of service. Rini is on holiday and will be on holiday now until Friday the 1st of September. The office, therefore, will reopen on Tuesday the 5th of September because Rainey doesn't work Mondays. So there will be no orders of service in the interim. And I'm sure you can all pay careful attention to Alvin or whoever's leading our service and know exactly what to do. If you have a request for an announcement, please convey it to me and I will see that it's delivered. Now we have a special announcement from Tom, Tom Shaw. Uh, you would have seen something on the screen earlier about a, a barbecue. Tom's going to come and uh, entice you to join him. Good morning, everybody. Um, all being well on Sunday, the 3rd of September, we're going to have a barbecue immediately after the service. Um, this is an opportunity for us all to get together after the summer break, although Mark won't be back. But anyway, we are all going to get together, have a barbecue, and um, what I've asked to do this morning is not only advertise it, but ask, warmly invite you, but ask you if you would let us know if you're coming to the barbecue by signing a sheet in the vestibule and also indicating whether you'd prefer a hot dog or a burger. Now, it's an unusual situation. We have a menu. I mean, my goodness me, we are upping the game phenomenally. But uh, seriously, it would help us to prepare for this if you would do that. This event will be not dependent on the weather because if it turns out to be a wet day, we'll simply move and we will have the food in the Bradley Hall. Uh, the barbecue will still happen, but the food will be brought into you. Now, I just want to let you, if you like, refresh your memory on why we're doing it. We're doing it to celebrate our fellowship and our togetherness. We're also doing it to remember the projects which we've been supporting in Peru and Rwanda for so long and for which you've been so generously supportive of and uh, to encourage you to keep up that support. So I'm gonna just test your memory if I can do this. This first question is asking you where on earth is this? Any volunteers? Yes? Yes. Well, Pat has an advantage over many of us in that she's actually been there. 
This is part of a, a wall, a fortification built by the Incas in a place called Sacsayhuaman. Uh, you mustn't say that the wrong way, otherwise it might be embarrassing. Um, but anyway, and this is another clue to this part of the world where you can see. Now, these are the children in one of the parts of the children's home we support. This is the boys' home. This is the girls' home. And if you look at this picture, you'll see actually the boys and girls together. They actually live in separate homes, but they were brought together this time last year whenever Evelyn and I were visiting so that we could meet them all in one go. Now, this is another country. Any ideas which country? I think you're right, yes. Well, you know that the, um, the gorilla is one of the great treasures of Rwanda. The gorilla zone, if you like, stretches across the border into Kenya. But if you want to go to see gorillas, Rwanda's a place to go. You'll have to get a license. It'll cost you $550 for a day. So not a lot of ordinary people go. It's mostly rich Americans. And here is a typical gorilla baby lying on its mother's back. And then in the case of Rwanda, of course, we support the children's school and all the projects related to it run by Aid for Education. And this is graduation day this year. This was back in July. They have got all the trappings of what we do in our country, but the children, at, these ones are moving on from the nursery school to the primary school. And just out of curiosity and interest to you, Douglas Kukuza, who is our connection, visited this year with his wife and his three children. And these are Douglas's three children in Ramagana standing outside the school. The plaque on the wall refers to the school in Greenock that actually initiated the project. It's a Christian school, Cedar School, and uh, they thought it would be nice for the children to stand in front of that particular site. So just to conclude, if you can um, keep that particular day clear at lunchtime, this day fortnight, we'd love to see you there. And uh, you'll get more than a hot dog or, or a, a burger. There'll be something else as well, and we hope that you'll enjoy it. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tom, for that information. Now it's my very sad duty to announce the passing of one of our members, Mrs. Wilma Backler. Wilma passed away on Thursday past, 17th of August. So we extend our love to, and our sympathy to her sons Edwin, Neville and Clive, to her brother Raymond, sister Eunice, and to the entire family circle. The funeral arrangements are that on Tuesday, the 29th of August, that's Tuesday week, there will be a private family committal. And then at 11.30, there will be a service of thanksgiving in the funeral church of S. Clark and son on the Newton Arch Road. So we extend our sympathy to the entire family, our love and our prayers. Thank you. Thank you, Alvin. Thank you. Okay. Morning, everyone. Before you come to church, do you ever struggle? Do you ever struggle to decide, what am I going to wear today? 
Like, how am I going to look today? You can tell I took a lot of time and, and care when I was getting dressed today. <laughs> of course, like, we, know, we, we know all too well that it's not really what is happening on the outside, that, that it's what's happening on the inside that's really key to what happens in the service today. Like, what's going on in my heart? What's going on in your heart? I, I love um, these words. Um, King David was such a worshiper. Like, we see that. He, he wrote so many of the, the, the worship songs of the Old Testament. And I love the cry behind these words. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord uh, forever. One thing, one thing, Lord. There's one thing in my life above all things. There's one thing that, that, that I want to pursue above um, all other things. One goal, one focus, that, that I might dwell in your presence. It's, it's an Old Testament way of saying, God, I just want you. I want you. I, I want your presence. I want your presence. I want to bathe my whole life in your presence. I want you, Lord, more than I want anyone else, anything else. It's you, Lord. It's you that I want. And as I come to worship this morning, my heart is crying out to meet with you, Jesus. And I am desperate. I'm desperate that you would meet with me. What's going on in your heart as we meet for worship this morning? How hungry is your heart? The, the theme of the service today is this, making Jesus the all-consuming, um, overriding passion of our lives. Making Jesus the all-consuming passion of our lives. Does that sound fanatical? Does that sound over the top? Or does that sound the kind of passion that David had in his heart? Is that the kind of passion that um, you find in our hearts. Remember Jesus um, said this. He said, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and desires for other things rather than the one thing comes in and chokes the word so that it produces nothing in our lives, nothing of any value. Like there's competition for your heart this morning. There's competition for your heart as we worship because there's so many distracting things going on in our hearts. I, I want to draw you. I, I want to lovingly draw you to that place where as we begin to worship this morning, there's one thing in your mind, one thing in your heart, one focus, and that is, Lord, we want you, anything less than you this morning, and we've missed the whole point. 
can we just take a wee minute of quietness at the start and I'll lead us in prayer and maybe just realign our hearts and our priorities and, and if they're out of sync and if there's other stuff in your life and it's distracting you and you're, you, you want to come and focus on Jesus but there, there's other things going on in your head, your heart, your home, your life and they're distracting you, I, I want you just to realign with Jesus and say, Jesus, you're the one I'm here for today. I'm setting down all the other stuff because you're the one. So could we take just a, a deep breath and just close our eyes and and just realign our hearts. Would you just breathe upon us? Just breathe the breath of life over us. Lord, we want very deliberately at the start just to realign our lives with you and just to set aside everything that's soiling us, everything that's spoiling us, everything that, that would hinder us from really pressing into that place where, Jesus, we meet with you this morning. Forgive us, cleanse us. Lord, we want to turn from, we want to break with anything in our lives so that our hands are free and our hearts are free to really reach out to you and to touch you this morning with our worship and with our love. Would you just capture us with your presence? Would you captivate us with your love this morning? Would you do something that would refresh our souls because they're weary? We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Come amongst us by your Spirit and breathe life over us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Will we worship, will we worship using those lovely words, to God be the glory, great things he has done, so loved he the world that he gave us his son. Let's stand, let's worship with joy together. Let's do that.
super. Great hymn, isn't it? Great words and, and joy. So, uh, boys and girls, I'm not going uh, to ask you to come out uh, this, to the front this morning, but if any boy or girl would like to volunteer, I, I probably could do with a couple of volunteers. So I have sweets. That's, that's, the, that's the good news. So, yeah, great. I'll take adults as well. Yeah, I'll take adults as well. Super. So I do have sweets. And any, any, any volunteers, are you going to come? Great, two at the back. Super job. Absolutely brilliant. Come, come. Absolutely brilliant. Great stuff. Lovely. Come on here. Are you going to come as well? Great girl. Three volunteers. That's super. Okay, so I've got something very simple for you to do. All right? So I'll give you one, and I'll give you one, and I'll give you one. Okay? So what I want to know is, could you do this for me? Could you throw it up in the air and catch it again? Brilliant. Oh, super. Well done. Super. Great. So, do you know what I can do? You can't do that. Oh, it's dead easy. Dead easy. Great. Okay, so second thing. Uh, hold on to those three seconds. So second thing I want you to do is this. Could you walk the beam? Okay. Are you insured? Okay, good man. Super job. Brilliant. Good girl. And you've got lights in your shoes. That's probably what helped you. Oh, it's, that's too easy for you. Okay, third thing. Come on back down again. Okay, you're absolutely brilliant. This. So what I want you to do is uh, put the beanbag on your head, and I want you to walk along here. That's easy to do, is it? Uh, you're not supposed to hold on to it with your hand. <laughs> okay, great, super. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. You were brilliant. That's great. You see, all those things were easy, weren't they? Because you were only doing one of them. Oh. Well, I'm going to make it easier for you. So if you give me back those balls. Okay. So, yeah, one thing. So these balls are easier to hold on your head. They stick to your hair much better, especially if you haven't washed your hair for three weeks. It really works. I found it really works. So what you have to do is this. Okay. Put that on your head. Hold that in your hand. And come up here. Okay? So, what I want to do is walk along the beam and throw the ball in the air. Whoa! 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 Okay. Yeah, you go next, right? No problem to you. Great. Throw it up in the air. Whoa. Throw it up, throw it up, throw it up, throw it up. Ah! Okay. And last one. Good girl. Throw it up. Super job. Wow. Great stuff. Good stuff. Absolutely. You are fantastic. You can throw those down the ground and I'll give you a wee sweet, okay? You are absolutely brilliant. So, uh, any of those? Do you like any of those? I'll have this. You sure? Okay, just watch what we think. Brilliant. Give them a wee clap again just to say thank you.
You can jump back down again. Super, you were great all together. Absolutely brilliant. It's uh, amazing, isn't it? The story in the Bible uh, that some folks will know really well is the story of Jesus being invited for lunch. Uh, you know, when you come to lunch with 12 friends, that makes 13 of you. That's a lot of work for lunch, isn't it? And Mary and Martha invited um, Jesus. Well, Martha did, at least. And she seems to be the older one and the one in charge. And she invited Jesus and his 12 friends, and maybe others, because Lazarus was her brother, so he was probably there as well. So we're talking about 13, 14, 15, 16 for lunch. Uh, Ladies, if you invited 16 for lunch, how would you be feeling? <laughs> yes, it's tough work, isn't it? And so uh, Martha's invited all these. She needs help. She needs someone to help her. And, and you know, in this culture, I was in, a, in, a, in a, an old broken down walls of a house and it showed you this is the men's room, this is the women's room, this is the kitchen. In that culture, the men were served, the women were over here. The women did not come into the same room as the men. But in this story of Jesus, he came and, and he sat down and Mary sat down at his feet. She just wanted to be with him, listen to him, learn from him, become like him, and do what he commanded her to do. And of course, if you know the story, you know how Martha is busy working away, trying to cook, trying to bake, keep an eye on the electric oven and, and do everything. And in absolute frustration, she comes into Jesus and in front of the guests, you can imagine the embarrassed, but she's so frustrated. She is so frustrated. She says, Jesus, Jesus, I am sweating here. I am busy. Tell her to help me. And Jesus says to her in such gentleness, Martha, Martha, dear Martha, Martha, Mary has chosen the, the, the better thing, the one thing that's really necessary. And I'm not going to take that away from her. Folks, you and I get so distracted. We have so many good things, great things, but they distract us from one thing, one thing that's really essential. The most important thing in life is getting close to Jesus, sticking close to Jesus, living close to Jesus, listening to Jesus' words as we open our hearts and read his word, and then allowing Jesus to change us from the inside out. Boys and girls, here's a wee video of the story. I love this wee video. I think you like it as well. So it's just that same story in, uh, in video. God's story, Mary and Martha. So part of God's story is about Mary and Martha, and it goes like this. Mary and Martha were sisters, and they lived in a town called Bethany. Mary and Martha were really good friends with Jesus. So when they invited friends over to hang out, sometimes Jesus came over too. What would you do if Jesus was coming to your house? 
Would you clean your room? Would you get out your favorite games? Would you help cook him an extra delicious meal? Well, one time, Jesus came over for dinner at Mary and Martha's. When he arrived, the sisters got everything ready. Or rather, Martha got everything ready. She rushed into the kitchen to make some food, while Mary sat down by Jesus' feet to listen to him talk. When Martha saw Mary sitting there, she got mad. Martha knew Jesus was a special guest. She wanted everything to be perfect for Jesus. So she rushed here and there, she cooked and cleaned, and she thought that Mary should help. Eventually, Martha got so fed up that she went where Mary and Jesus were sitting and said, Jesus, my sister has left me to do the work by myself. Don't you care? Tell her to help me. Martha thought Jesus might be upset, like her, and ask Mary to help. But Jesus wasn't mad. He only wanted to spend time with them. He said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Kids, that one thing is Jesus. See, Jesus wanted Martha, and anyone hearing this story, to learn an important lesson. He wanted Martha to know that Mary had a choice. She could have gotten very busy with all the serving, preparing, and cleaning just like Martha, or she could choose to spend time with Jesus and learn from him. Jesus told Martha that Mary had made a good choice. Mary wasn't being lazy. She just cared about Jesus more than anything else. Maybe more than she cared about what Martha thought of her. And maybe definitely more than making a perfect dinner for her friends. Of course, Jesus likes it when we help our sisters, or our friends, or parents, or siblings, or neighbors, or anyone who needs it. But he told us that the most important thing we can do is love him and God with all our hearts. And the second most important thing we can do is love others. Jesus loved spending time with his friends Mary and Martha, and he loves spending time with us too. There are all kinds of ways we can be close to Jesus. We can pray to him, read the Bible, worship him, and act like he would act. We can show him we love him with our whole heart, just like Mary did. And that's the story of Mary and Martha. So in case you missed it, here's the quick version. Mary and Martha were sisters. They lived together. They were friends with Jesus. They invited Jesus to their house. Martha worked hard on dinner. Mary sat with Jesus. Martha got mad. She told Jesus she was mad. Jesus said Martha only needs one thing, him. Loving Jesus is the most important thing we can do. And that's a part of God's story. Absolutely lovely. Do you know, being retired, I thought life would be a lot easier and quieter and not as busy. I do what I find, as busy as ever. And do you know the hardest thing? Still, not just to cut aside time and make time each day, just to get away from everybody and just open my heart to Jesus, but then just to live right throughout the day. Just right throughout the day, just living, talking to Jesus as I walk down the road, as I drive the car. I keep my eyes open, mind you, so that's good. So. Uh, and, and just keep that constant friendship with him. That's important. I'm special because God has made me. 
Will we worship? Will we use that we song to, to worship and to sing to God? I, I'm special. Let, let's um, just declare that together as we worship. Let's do that. Let's stand and do that. If we're able. I'm offering today, the plates are just um, down at the very back there, just in front of the monitor, so just on your way out, if you would like to give, please and do that today. And we're going to just pray for others Thursday, and uh, we're A-level results and AS-level results. Um, I don't know if you ever did that. Uh, I, I um, did really badly in my A-levels. I was mucking about and messing about and did really um, badly. Um, but you know the lovely thing that happened? God had been working in my life oh, for many years, and he'd been working that last few months in a very particular way. And uh, that day of A-level results, I got down on the side of my bed, and I just said to Jesus, Jesus, I've made a mess. I've made a mess because I've tried to live my life the way I wanted to live it. 
But here and now, I just surrender my life to you. Would you please come into my life and forgive me, save me, change me, transform me? I would love to start to follow you. And from that day, 49 years ago, um, I've been trying to follow Jesus, trying to love him. So let's pray. There are other um, students like me who's messed up and, and maybe on Thursday didn't get what their hearts longed to get. But God uses that in a, in a positive way. Results don't define you, do they? God defines you. Let's pray for teachers, classroom assistants, uh, principals, auxiliary staff going back to school, investing in the next generation. What a, what a task, what a job. If you a, a belong in that category today, we want to bless you and we want to pray for you. Let, let's pray together, will we? Just sung, uh, I'm special. You're special not because of the grades that you got or didn't get. You're special not because of the good person that you are or the good person that you're not or would like to be. You're special because there is a living God in heaven who made you in his image and you bear his DNA and you are of infinite worth and value and preciousness because of who you are regardless of how you behave or, or what you do. And Father, we thank you for our children and young people. We pray particularly for those who feel that they didn't get the results that they were longing for and that their hearts are broken and sad and disappointed today. Father, just as you just so gently and lovingly reached into my heart all those years ago, I pray that you would reach into any hearts today that are just devastated, that wonder what the future holds for them or what they're going to do. Come, come, Lord Jesus. Speak words of love and affirmation into every heart. And Father, how we thank you for our schools for our principals and for our teachers, our classroom assistants, our auxiliary staff. Thank you for those caring for children with additional needs. Father, we know that that task is becoming increasingly difficult and, and less and less funded. So we want to pray for you know, um, school staff who are preparing to go back and meet with the kids in the next couple of weeks. If you know anybody in that category, would you just bless them? Would you invite the Father's blessing on them? 
So thankful, Father, for Kilmean and Bally McGee on either side of us. So thankful for the teachers and for the staff and for the cooperation uh, with um, us. Come, Lord, we long to see this next generation one to you. We long to see them coming back through those doors again, finding you, Jesus, finding life, finding joy, finding peace in the midst of anxiety. Come, Lord Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen. going to take those words um, from the Psalms, as a deer pants for streams of water. It's Rob Mark's version of it. It's on video. So just, but I'd love you to just use it to say, God, that's my heart. I am just thirsty for you this morning. Nothing will give me greater joy than to meet with you. Let's stand. Let's, uh, if we're able, let's stand. Let's worship together.
Isn't that lovely? You know, to say to Jesus, Jesus, you're my heart's desire. You are my heart's desire. Is that how you would describe Jesus in your life? Lord, you're my heart's desire. When we read um, God's Word together, the Bible, I want to read the story again. This is well known for some of you. It'll be well known, and that's always a danger, isn't it? I, I try to read God's Word with what I describe as awe and wonder, because I've been reading it, you know, for a long time, and if you do anything for a long time, you get careless. But I'm asking God to restore to me that sense of awe and wonder when I read God's Word, and I would love you to listen with awe and wonder. So, in Mark 10, in verse 17, it's Jesus' story of, of a rich young man who, who comes with a question for him. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What, what, do, what more do I need to do to make sure I get into heaven and, and live with God forever? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good, really good, truly good, except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. Those are all the relation. those are the second half, aren't they? The relational ones with people. Wonder why I left out the first half. Teacher, he said, all of these I have kept since I was a boy. Like Jesus, I've really tried to be good. Like I've really tried to be a good person all my life. That's how I see myself as a, as a good person. And Jesus looked at him and loved him. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus looks at you and loves you. One thing you lack, one thing's missing, one thing that you haven't given. Go and sell everything you have and give to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven. Jesus is just putting his finger in this man's life on the one thing in his life. What's the one thing that he wants to put his finger on in my life, your life? Because it's going to be different for you. It's going to be different for me. What's the one thing in your life that Jesus would put his finger on and say, Yes, you are good, you are, are such a good person, but you, you, that's not what this is about. Here's one thing that's really causing blockage. And then come and follow me. And at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus got it right. It was in this man's life, his idol, his rival, the one thing that he would not give up so that he could give Jesus everything. The talk today is called um, Making Jesus the All-Consuming, Overriding Passion of Our Lives. That's, that's the talk. 
I was confessing to the alpha leaders who were meeting in the, the quad room a, a week or so ago that I am an alpha fanatic. Like, I, I don't know, I know you've done alpha here in, um, in uh, Ballycrocken, but if you know it, it's a course designed to help people who are searching for God, who are asking those big questions about life, about faith, about God, about meaning, about purpose. Just somebody who's searching. In Shore Street over the years, we saw many, many, many people come through Alpha and encounter Jesus in quite, quite powerful and sometimes in quite radical ways as they found God, as they met with Jesus, as they were filled with God's Spirit and filled with God's love. It was beautiful. It was powerful. It was life-releasing. It was life-transforming for so many people. Let me show you a wee alpha video. It's a guy in England called Sam. It's his story. Uh, and maybe you won't be able to relate to it, but it just tells a story of a life that is completely transformed. I think it'll come up. So my family, we went to church occasionally, but for me it was more just a, like a concept. Like I'd, I knew that there was this thing called God Jesus died on the cross, but had no meaning to my life in any way. When I was two years old, my mum and dad got a divorce. And then when I was 14 years old, I lost a friend to suicide. So everybody started smoking weed that I went to school with, so I started smoking weed as well. And started drinking, and started finding affirmation in places that probably weren't the most life-giving. But then I went to university, and then that drug habit that I had when I was at school then became a daily occurrence for three years of my life at university. Whilst I was at uni, I was studying and there was this guy who happened to be from the same place where I was from. Um, we didn't know each other, I'd never met him before. He was on the same course as me, we were in the same football team. I remember just saying to him, I was like, what's your deal, bro? I, like, I don't get it. And he just simply said, I'm a Christian, and smiled at me. I was like, okay. And that's as far as that conversation went. My drug habits became quite, I'd say, took a, another step on because as I was earning more and the excess of my life was then, was then growing. Outwardly it looked like I was having a great time but inwardly it was just a mess. Um, so I decided to move back to Southampton and when I did that a friend just invited me to come and play football. I got invited each week to come and was um, in this group where people were genuinely interested in my day-to-day -day life. I then snapped my elbow on a drunken drug night out. It was like three o'clock in the morning, snapped my elbow, meant I couldn't play football anymore. And this friend who I met at university who then invited me to football, he had been continually trying to get me to come to a church thing and I'd just been continually saying, no, it's not gonna happen. But then he um, said, mate, you've got nothing else to do with your evenings now. Why don't you come and try Alpha? So I was like, yeah, why not? The first week came and he said, bro, are you coming? And I was like, no. The second week came, it was the same question and the same response. And then the third week came and he was like, bro, I'm coming to pick you up and you're coming to Alpha. As the evening went on, week three, um, why did Jesus die for us? The topic of forgiveness and something I've wrestled with my whole life. Like, how do I forgive my family for growing up in a divorced family? How do I forgive my friend for killing herself? How do I forgive myself for all of the decisions and actions and the way that I've treated people for the last 10 years or so of my life. And it was just this, this like 
moment of going, wow, I really need to like think about this. And I just stood at the back of church. Like, everybody was like, like worshiped with the hands in the air. And I was just like, I was like, if I, if I believe this and if I want this to be part of my life, I need to, I need to give this a try. So as I like lifted my hands up, I just remember a song, a song we were singing that says, when our praise goes up, our walls come down. Um, and in that, in that moment, my walls came flooding down. Um, I cried uncontrollably. I like, but they weren't sad tears, they weren't happy tears. They were just kind of like a realization tears that God was with me in those high moments and I had denied him. God was with me in those really low moments in my life and I denied him and God was with me now and I was denying him. So at that moment I was like, I'm in, like that I give my life to you, Jesus. But overall, the thing that dropped straight away was the anger that I held in my life. Like friends and family would describe me as a bit of a grenade and that's changed, like that isn't what I'm described as now. The difference that Jesus has made in my life is knowing that I'm loved, like I know that I am loved. Love that, just absolutely love it. And I loved it, I'm sure, sure, when we saw people on the fringes of the church or the outside of the church come to faith in Jesus and experience just exactly what Sam uh, was experienced there. But do you know something I also loved it when I saw people who are in the heart of the church, committed Christian people, who came to the course and were touched afresh by Jesus and, and refreshed by his Holy Spirit as they began to experience afresh the, the love of Jesus in a new or in, in a deeper way. And I suppose that's what we're talking about, using Alpha 4 in September to, to help those who are committed to Jesus just experience Jesus afresh and to be touched and refreshed by him. As well as being a, an, an alpha um, fanatic, I'm a, an apple fanatic. Um, I, I know it's sad, like I, I realize that it's sad because I, I love my iPhone and I love my iPad. I, I know that's really, really sad and news for anybody, but especially for a minister. Um, I have a, a couple of wee, um, th- uh, PowerPoints maybe will come up. Um, Steve Jobs uh, was the head of Apple, obviously, and um, there's a story told. I'm not sure how how um, how true this story is. Um, oh, there he is. Yep. Uh, but when they were making the first iPhone in 2007, uh, there were other phones about. And, but in the firm, there was this battle going on as to how many buttons they would have on the iPhone. And, and Steve Jobs, or at least one of the people, said that they thought there should only be one button, one home button. Uh, on the iPhone, and the others have said, no way, no way, that's not doable, that's not possible. People need more, people want more, other phones have more buttons. But um, Steve Jobs was insisting, or somebody was insisting, that they needed to clear away the clutter of all the useless additional buttons and have only one. And I think Jesus would approve of that. Jesus said to Martha in that story, because Mary just wanted the one thing 
the one thing, just to be with Jesus, to listen to Jesus, to learn from Jesus, to become like Jesus. And so Jesus said to her, uh, sorry, uh, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary's chosen that. It's not going to be taken away from her. You see, Mary, Martha was insisting that the, the other things, other good things, other important things were more urgent, more necessary. And Jesus is saying, no, they're not. Like in our churches today, we have to fight the forces of, of well-meaning Christians, uh, people that tell us that we have to do this, we, we need to do that, we, we must provide the other because other churches are doing this or that and the other, and we need to do that as well if we're going to attract people, keep people, reach people. But what happens? What happens if only one thing is necessary? What happens if only one thing is really necessary? If one thing, only one thing is really essential in church. And what is that one thing? Folks, I've said it to you before because I say it everywhere I go. The one thing is essentially missing in our churches. And that one thing is the presence of God the manifest presence of God, the presence of God in our churches, in our services, so precious that you can actually taste it, feel it, touch it. You, in a church service, you know, God, you are here. You are here, God, in this very room, in this very service. We feel your presence in this room, your, your presence and your love, and our hearts are opening and responding to it. In the Bible, there's the two things. There's the, the, the omnipresence of God. Of course, he's everywhere. There's nowhere in the universe where he is not. But, but I'm talking about the manifest presence of God, God making his presence felt as his people gathered to worship. Moses had that same heart cry in, in, in uh, Exodus 33. The Lord said, my presence will go with you. I will give you rest. And Moses said to him, Lord, if your presence does not go with us, please do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other other people on the face of the earth? What's the distinguishing mark of God's people? What marks us different off as different from every group, every organization in Bangor that, that isn't Christian? Answer the one thing that should mark our church services especially, but whenever we gather, is the felt presence of Jesus amongst us. God with us, God amongst us. You know, folks, people are hungry today. People are thirsty today. People are tired and weary and anxious and empty today because no matter how much you have of things and, and no matter how much um, things that you, you get, nothing will satisfy our souls, nothing apart from Jesus, nothing apart from his presence and his love. 
And I know we often say that evangelistically to people who are not yet Christians, to, to point them to Jesus and say, look, he's the only one who can satisfy the deepest longings of your hearts. But you know something, folks? I think it's even more true of us as believers. I think it's even more true of us inside the church that we are empty, we are tired, we are weary, we are doing everything that we need and know how to do to make our churches grow. But we desperately long for the presence of God and the love of Jesus in the wellsprings of our own hearts. And all the activity and all the busyness in our churches is not helping us towards experiencing the presence of God. It's not bringing us closer in intimacy to Jesus. In fact, sometimes the very opposite. Sometimes our busyness is draining life from um, us and from God's presence. And, And I would suggest to you this, that activity in churches is the greatest enemy of intimacy with God and closeness to Jesus in our churches today. It was in Martha and Mary's house. It's true in our houses today. And read the Psalms. They're full of cries of worshipers for the presence of God. We started with Psalm 24. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what my heart cries for, that I might dwell in your presence. Lord, I just want to be in your presence, to gaze upon your beauty. Gaze is a long, hard, adoring look that takes time to do. First, my heart says of you, Lord, seek his face. Like everything within me cries, Lord, I seek your face. I want to be close to you. I want to be intimate with you. I want to know you. I want to experience your love for me. Because that's what worship is really about. Or, Or Psalm 63. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. God, I I can't find anything to satisfy this deep ache and longing in me. And so David uses this picture of being in a desert because that's where he is, and his body's dehydrating. His throat is hurting because it's so dry. And he says, just as my body is, is longing, aching for water, so my soul is longing, aching for your presence and your love, Lord. It's you that I want. It's you that I'm thirsting for, your presence, your love, Lord. You, more than anything else, I'm desperate for you, Lord, and nothing can ever, will ever satisfy me, the longings of my heart. Do you ever feel those stirrings in your heart? Like, do you ever go away from church services in the morning or evening feeling, God, did we really meet with you? Did we really touch your heart? Did we really bathe in your love? Did we? Did we miss you? Psalm 42, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. That's a man who's desperate for Jesus. 
desperate for God, desperate for his love. That verse embarrasses us because it exposes our own desperate lack of passion, our own half-hearted hunger to meet with God. Oh, to be desperate for God's presence and God's love as we worship. Oh, oh, for to have such a thirst in our hearts and our souls to meet Jesus, to experience his life-giving, life-refreshing touch upon our lives as we worship. Because when you come to the New Testament, it's Jesus, and he points us to himself as the answer, as the one who can satisfy those longings in our hearts. John 7, on, on the last and the greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood up in the temple courtyards where David had written many of those songs that we, that we read. A thousand years earlier, David had wrote those songs, and Jesus says in this, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture said, rivers of living waters will flow out from within him. And by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. It's Jesus' way of inviting us, any one of us, every one of us who are serving in church, who are following him, who are thirsty or who are longing, who are unsatisfied. Jesus is saying to you and me this morning, come to me, come to me, drink by faith from me, receive from me, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit who will fill and flood and soak and saturate your life with his life-refreshing waters so that the love of God and the life of God will fill and spill and overflow from your lives into the lives of those that you meet this week. I, I love that invitation of Jesus to the thirsty, the weary, the dry, the desperate. For you, like, isn't that what he said? So I tell you, ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks will receive. Everyone who searches will find. The door will be open for everyone who knocks. Which of you would give your child a scorpion if the child asked you for an egg? As bad as you are, you still know how to give good gifts to your children, but your heavenly Father uh, is even more ready to give the good gift of the Holy Spirit to anyone who asks. That teaching comes at the end of the Lord's Prayer. It's spoken to believers. Of course we receive the Holy Spirit at the moment of our conversion. But is that the end? Is that at all? Do we not need the Holy Spirit to continually minister to us fresh life, fresh water, fresh joy, fresh presence of Jesus. Of course we do. It's the longing of my heart, my desperation. Lord, I want you. I just want more of you. I just want more of your Holy Spirit's precious ministry.
bringing life into this thirsty soul of mine. Is that you? Is that how you would describe yourself? Jesus, I haven't had enough of you yet. I just want more. Just pour your Holy Spirit into my soul so that I am refreshed. And I give you a bit of space to allow you to respond to anything that Jesus maybe has been saying to you. And I'll invite Jesus to pour his spirit out over you so that you can receive by faith what he wants to do. Let's pray together, will we? If you're feeling it anyway, Jesus, I haven't enough of you. I want more of you. Or just that's my longing, just that's my desire. Those verses just invite you to come to Jesus afresh this morning and just receive, ask, and you will receive. Jesus, I'm just asking you now that you would pour out your Holy Spirit afresh in this room. And I'm suggesting to you that any of you who are thirsty can drink and receive. And so, Holy Spirit, would you come would you just minister to every thirsty heart in this room? Would you release rivers of love and rivers of life and rivers of joy in this room? Would you fill us with Jesus? Because that's the deepest longings of our heart this morning to be so filled with Jesus that we overspill Jesus this week wherever we live our lives. Just come, Holy Spirit. Come and do this, we pray. And we picture this came to my mind as I was praying was 
of a drinking well, a little faucet, and the water was just coming out of it, and the invitation was to come and drink. So come, drink, receive. Jesus' name. Amen. I love praying with people, and if at the end I can pray with you about anything, you know, for healing, just for ministry of the Holy Spirit, for help, for encouragement, I'll go to the door as usual and then come back up. Love to pray with you. I just love doing that. So just that's available if you want to do that. Let's sing and worship. Uh, I know you sang this at the uh, start of last week, but I asked Mark, would it be okay if we sang it again? He said, yeah, go for it, Alvin. So blame him, uh, totally blame him. We can, he's not here, so that's okay. Uh, be still, for the presence of the Lord is moving in this place. It's the second verse, isn't it? Let's stand, let's worship. as beautiful as God moving in a worshipping congregation honestly there's nothing that brings more joy to hearts will we pray this as we go out and try to live it out this week uh, let's pray it out loud together after three, one, two, three Lord help me to go out through these doors 
and in the strength of your Spirit to live authentically for you this week. And then let's bless one another with the, uh, the grace. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. Now, after three, just you can bless one another. You can do it with your eyes closed, do it with your eyes open, whatever way. One, two, three. Now, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen. Speak to one another before you go. That's really important, isn't it?